Welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast, where each week we talk about all things related to the world of learning and development, including facilitation, instructional design, sales enablement, and so much more. I'm your host, Sarah Canistra, and I'm an L&D strategist and career coach, and I'm here to take the guesswork out of becoming an L&D professional and show you how to unlock continued success in your learning and development career. I'm on a mission to quickly develop the next generation of L&D leaders who are looking to create meaningful and engaging learning experiences. So, if you're looking to transition into L&D for the first time, have found yourself accidentally in a training position, or are working up the ranks as an L&D professional already, you've come to the right place. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Overnight Trainer Podcast, and the last episode of 2022. I can't believe we are heading into 2023. I am personally very excited about it. I have some personal things happening. I'm getting married in 2023. So very excited about that. Um, And excited for a bunch of new programs and offerings uh, from the Overnight Trainer. So I've been working on this this last two weeks of really uh, solidifying and figuring out how I can continue to support you all in 2023 and grow that support as well. So a lot of really fun things to come. I'll probably announce them in some podcast episode coming up soon. So stay tuned for that. Um, but I do want to congratulate you know, and celebrate really one of my clients in Fast Track. Uh, I'm not going to name by name at this moment because she's still actively interviewing for this role. But I'm so damn proud of her because she not only did she like negotiate her salary, but she negotiated the salary before even like moving on in the process. And one of the things that I coach my clients on, and if you've all been around for a while, you know, I talk about this, but the two things that you should never leave an interview with, a first interview with, is you shouldn't shouldn't leave without knowing what the salary is, what the expectations are, what they have budgeted, and also what the next steps in the process were. And what was interesting is that this client, when they got offered an opportunity to interview and meet with the recruiter, the recruiter actually put the salary information in that email ahead of time. And this client of mine came to me and she was really bummed that it wasn't quite where she was looking to be from a salary perspective. Uh, but she was feeling, you know, if I have to walk away, I have to walk away. Like it's If it's not going to pay me my value. So A, I was really proud of her for that. But B, we talked through how to have that conversation up front, right? So you don't have to wait until, you know, all of a sudden you get an offer and it's way, way below what it is you were hoping for, right? How to have that conversation up front. And I'm so damn proud of her because it's exactly what she did. She had that conversation up front and without even blinking an eye they said that they would would definitely get her to where she she wanted to be uh with an additional bonus and things like that so really really proud of of all of my fast trackers it's been amazing to see you know i think a lot of people talk about how how things slow down during the holiday season but i i've actually seen the reverse now two two years in a row of just all the all the magic that's happening uh during this time uh, for for my clients and what's been happening and how fast things have been moving and uh, yes there are definitely some people who have been told hey you know the decision makers out of the office until you know the new year so I have some clients who are waiting on on some fingers crossed great decisions too but uh, it's just been a, a really magical holiday season for so many of my fast trackers so if you're interested in joining uh, the program it now has three different options too um, including there's a one on one option a group option um, and more of a, a DIY option as well so really fits any any level of support 
report that you're looking for, you can now find inside of Fast Track. Uh, just go to theovernighttrainer.com slash programs for more info. Um, and of course, you can always DM me on LinkedIn or Instagram or email me if you have any questions for that. Okay, let's get into today's episode. You know, I really sat, actually went on a walk today and was really thinking about how I wanted to close out uh, the podcast this year uh, as we head into 2023. And I thought it'd be a really good idea to, to look at the success that my clients have had this year. And this has been uh, by far the most successful year uh, for, for, well, for the overnight trainer, but really the, my, my success really lies in the success of my clients. Um, the roles they've been getting, the amount of money they've been making, the alignment they've been having, the promotions they've been getting, you know, for my executive coaching clients, the, their promotions, you know, their their wins, their programs they've been developing. It's been an incredible year. And so, you know, I really thought about collectively, especially from a career perspective, you know, what, what were really the top things that my clients leaned into to make them so successful this year? So I really spent some time today ideating on that. I went for a walk, really thought about it, and, and came back and, and journaled some 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 ideas around what has made them so successful. And I was really able to categorize it into these 10 tips. So we're going to walk through all 10 of them uh, on today's episode and really just go through, you know, what what was their what was their secret sauce? You know, what was it that that made that magic for them? And what could I what's that golden thread that I could really attribute to all of the success stories? So, if you've been around for a while or even not, you know what my first tip is going to be. Uh, the first thing that I saw make my clients so successful this year was finding their niche. And I talk about this and I'll continue to talk about it until my you know face turns blue. But when I say finding your niche, so many people come to me and say, I want to be an X, right? I want to be an instructional designer, a learning and development specialist, uh, a facilitator, or an onboarding specialist, right? So people come to me all the time and say, I want to be this. I want to be this job title. And you're so much more than a job title. And your career is so much more than just a job title. And so what I'd encourage my clients to do and the ones who have found the most success are the ones who really, really, really leaned into finding their niche and really, really sitting with it and making sure that it was the direction they wanted to go in. And my clients who are in fast track, they know this is, you know, when they, when they're working through their niche statement and they're working through, you know, how to articulate their niche, a lot of times I'll, I'll pose back to them and I'll ask the question, I'll say, okay, so that's your niche statement. You know, what now, how are you bringing that to life? What does a day look like for you? A week look like for you? A, you know, a year look like for you, right? What are you accomplishing? What are you doing? You know, what, 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 what impact are you having? And so when you talk about finding your niche and I have lots of episodes on this exact topic, but really what I mean is being able to find in the intersection between your values, your skills, and your interests, right? Bringing all three of those together and really figuring out what it is you want to do, how you want to do it, and who you want to do it for. And when you're able to articulate that, you know, what is it you're going to bring to the table? What is that secret sauce? What is that thing you want to do? Not that job title, right? But that, that overarching work that you want to do how you want to do it, right? What skills you're going to bring to the table to do it, uh, the impact that you're going to have and the, the the who you want to do it for, that's really around finding your niche. And the reason why it's so important is because that ends up serving as your North Star. And I say that because when I, well, it's actually one of the reasons why I started this business was I was seeing so many people throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping something would stick. And I would see people saying, oh, I applied to 200 roles, 300 roles, 400 roles. I haven't heard anything. You know, I have heard crickets, uh, you know, I'm updating my resume every single time. And 
not having been an L&D hiring manager for so long at so many different companies, you know, I knew I knew exactly what the problem was and that it was that they were casting too wide of a net and throwing way too much spaghetti at the wall and hoping something sticks. And so finding your niche really helps you streamline. It really helps you go from being in an ocean into a lake into a swimming pool is what I call it with my clients. And so really, really figuring out what that niche is, what that corner of, of learning and development is for you. Uh, what does that look like? What secret sauce are you bringing to the table? What impact do you want to have? Who do you want to do it for? Knowing that really, really helps to propel you forward because if it doesn't fit within your box that you're creating, then it, then we don't do it. And so it really, really helps you eliminate all that stickiness, all that spaghetti on the wall, right? All that hamster wheel, you know, going around and around and around. And so my clients who go farther faster, my clients who have roles that feel like they were made for them, my clients who are making a shit ton of money, right? All those things, I can attribute it back to them getting crystal, crystal clear on what their niche is and not deviating from it, right? And really, there's iterations, right? There's iterating it and there's deviating from it. And so the iterations come from a place of power, a place of, wow, I've get, gathered more data. I've had a great conversations. I want to add to it. I want to tweak it. I there's There's more that I have. Whereas deviating comes from a place of fear and, oh, well, that's not going to work out for me. I don't deserve that. I'm not, you know, I'm never going to get that role. Maybe it's next time for me. And again, going back to throwing spaghetti at the wall. So the clients who are the most successful and who have been the most successful stay true to their North Star. They know it might iterate, but they don't deviate from it. So that's my number one tip. And honestly, if you end the podcast now, that's it. That's all you need to know. But there's nine more if you want to stick around. But really, really, really getting crystal clear on what that niche is and sticking to it. Sticking, even if there's iterations, not deviating away from it. Staying into it from a place of power versus a place of fear. So that's number one. So number two, actually it's very similar. It's in in alignment with the story and the client that I celebrated at the beginning of this episode, which is about knowing your value and being okay with walking away. And so I, you know, what's really interesting is part of the coaching that I do inside of Fast Track is helping people figure out monetarily what their value is. That's a hard, it's really a hard question to ask yourself, right? It's really hard to figure out, um, especially sometimes without help. And so I teach a really specific formula around how do we figure out what that number actually is. Uh, but what the harder part is, right? finding the number is actually relatively easy. The harder part is, is being able to, to see that value in yourself and knowing that value and then being okay with walking away if a company's not going to value you financially with what you with what it is that you're looking for. And so when I look back at the clients that have been most successful this year, they have stuck to their guns in return in, in terms of what what value they bring to the table, what that equates to financially, and not taking less than what they value themselves at. Because what happens is, and I've seen this happen too, where people have taken less, they've tried to quote unquote, like get their foot in the door. And usually what happens is that you're taking a role that you're actually overqualified for. So you're overqualified, you're underpaid, and now that resentment starts to build up. And that resentment can actually help not help, hurt us by making us devalue ourselves more. And so it really is important to think about what is that value that I bring to the table? 
What does it equate to financially and monetarily? Now that can look in different ways. So that client I talked about earlier today, that company came in lower from a salary perspective, but they offered to get her close to where she needed to be with a bonus, right? I have clients who negotiate that often, who negotiate bonuses, who negotiate more PTO, negotiate more maternity leave, right? There's there's so many things that you can negotiate. And so your, your value, while yes, financially, and, and there's a number to it, there's so many ways you can play around with it. But it really truly is knowing your value and being okay with walking away. I've had several clients in Fast Track over the last couple of weeks who have had to walk away that it just didn't, it wasn't right financially for them to, it didn't make sense. It was, it, it wasn't, it, it didn't align with the value they brought to the table. And what's so interesting is every single time I see a client walk away, a new opportunity opens up for them. I've never had a client who's walked away and then that was it. And then, you know, no other opportunity came their way. Um, in fact, my first clients ever, I remember she interviewed for uh, two instructional design roles and got uh, offered, uh, the first one that she got, the offer came in and it was so low. I think it was like $40,000 or $45,000. And that was way below what she was willing to take and what her value was. Um, she was a, a middle school teacher. And uh, that's actually less than what she was making as a middle school teacher. She's like, absolutely not. Uh, but it was really hard for her. It was really hard for her to walk away because that was that first offer that she got. And, but she stuck by, she stuck to her guns, right? She really, she knew her value and she knew that that was lower than the value she brought to the table. And three weeks later, she landed in a sexual design role making $100,000 a year, right? And so that, that opportunity came right, from her being able to say, okay, that's not the right role for me. I know the right role is out there for me. And three weeks later, that came. And I've seen that happen to so many clients, but it's really, really knowing your value. And I, I look at this, when I look at this last year, my clients who knew their value and were okay with walking away ended up becoming so much more successful than if they would have accepted that, that offer. So just knowing that, that knowing your value and being okay with walking away is a really, really powerful thing. Okay. So the next thing I want to talk about, actually my fast trackers, we were just talking about this in our uh, group chat this morning, um, is that networking always pays off. We just don't know when it does. And I've talked about this in the podcast before, but when we think about networking and that and networking can mean so many different things. It's actually something I'm going to be working on uh, in 2023 as a program, uh, program for something all around um, networking in learning and development and what that looks like. There's so many different ways that you can do it, right? There's one-on-one -on -one networking, there's connecting with people on LinkedIn, having conversations, there's networking groups in person, virtual, there's learning and development groups and programs. There's so many different ways that you can network, right? So I'm not gonna go into all those ways today, but it's finding out what feels good for you in terms of networking and remembering that it always pays off, even if we don't know when. A really great example that just happened today, I have a client who's inside of Fast Track and one of his companies that he, are on his dream company list that aligns with the values that he's looking to uh, to share in his next organization. He connected with someone a couple months ago and didn't hear back. Right, with someone who they did a they he did a project with a couple years ago. Went to reconnect with them, hadn't heard back. And today, as he called it a festivus miracle, uh, that person was like, I'm so sorry, I have not checked my messages. Yes, absolutely, let's connect and have that conversation. So it's remembering that networking, those relationships that you create, they always pay off in some way, shape, or form somewhere. We just can never 
you it you can't guarantee your when it happens. We can guarantee it's going to happen, but just not when it happens. And so when I think about my clients in this past year, the ones who have fostered those relationships, even when quote unquote nothing was happening yet, but still kept up with it, still had those conversations and looked at those conversations as a data input versus a give me a job, give me a job, help me, help me, right? More is like, hey, I'm here to gather information. I'm here to learn from this person. I saw it pay off tenfold, 20-fold, 30-fold, right? So really, really think about as you go into the new year, whether you're even looking for a new job or not. I know a lot of people who are listening to this podcast um, are interested in furthering their career um, and are looking for are looking for a new role. But if for you, you're not actively looking right now, but you know, hey, in the next year, I want to be doing something different or growing or getting promoted, right? Now is the time to start networking, having those conversations. Um, I always say finding your niche, that's something you absolutely should always be working on, um, whether you're looking for a new role or not, right? Getting clear and thinking about, okay, what is next? What is next for me and next for my career and and giving yourself as long of a, of a runway as possible. So making sure that you know you are continuing to network. And again, whether that's connecting one-on-one with people who are doing jobs that you'd like to be doing or you're interested in doing or want more information about doing, whether it's people who work at companies that really align with your values, you want to learn more about the company, you know, whether then it's joining networking groups, your local ATD chapter, uh, you know, it's joining LinkedIn groups, right? Whatever it is, making sure that you are continuously networking. Uh, you know, it's really interesting too. And I look back at my clients who were really successful this year in terms of getting promotions uh, and moving, you know, either within their own company or uh, most most of them have been leaving their current role and moving into a, you know, a higher level role uh, at another company. A lot of it has has been attributed to in some way, shape or form to networking. So again, whether it's someone they had networked with years ago that they reconnected with, um, someone who, you know, they just happened to stumble upon, uh, many of it has happened in inside of groups, um, groups that I, you know, I've been a part of that I fostered, um, groups that are, you know, are outside of my, my network. It's just really interesting to see how that networking piece helps to align people with other opportunities as well. So just remember, always be networking, always thinking about that. You know, even if it's not saying, hey, once a week I'm going to, you know, comment on someone's post or, you know, once a month I'm going to make, you know, an effort to, you know, have a Zoom chat or connect with someone who's doing something that I'd like to be doing one day to learn more about it, right? It doesn't have to be that you're trying to network every single day. Uh, Networking does not need to be your full-time job and should not be, but really thinking, you know, on a weekly basis or a monthly basis, what am I doing to grow and expand my network? Um, and what am I doing to give back to my network too? So I think a, a great way to grow your network is to give to your network too. So just remember, networking always pays off. We just don't know when. All right. I will say this next tip is really, really one of the biggest, what I've seen have shaped the success in my clients in going from hearing crickets and not really seeing a lot of traction, even once they do find their niche to really, really, really like closing in on super, super aligned roles. And that is the way that you shift your mindset around your resume. So a lot of people come in to my programs and into working with me. Um, and I don't even like to see resumes before they go through my resume courses because I don't, you know, I, I want to completely wipe the slate clean. But 
a lot of people come in with the idea that your resume needs to be, you know, the laundry list of everything you've ever done in the past, right? That you want to showcase all of these things that you've done, you know, what relevant or not, right? That you just have to list kind of every single thing you've ever done uh, in every job that you've ever had. And the re the rewiring of the brain around marketing and around your resumes really comes when you when you look at it from a marketing lens, right? When you look at your resume as a marketing document, that's what it is, right? It's an advertisement essentially for you, right? And when you when you are you know seeing an advertisement pop up on Instagram or you're seeing a commercial on a TV, right? They're not saying here's all the things that we have done to get this product to where it is today, and now like you could take this product and do all, like they don't go through all that, right? It's like here's the product and here's what it does, right? No one cares about how 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 Google got to the make the Google Pixel, right? Or how Apple made the like got to make the iPhone, right? We care about where it is, where can we get it, and what what will it do for me, right, as the consumer. And so it's really important you look at your resume as that, right? What your resume is the, is the advertisement that your consumer, that hiring manager, that recruiter is going to look at and say, okay, what can this product, i.e. this person, i.e. this resume, do for me, do for my organization, do for my team, for my goals, right? So it, it, very, it very much is a marketing document. And so this marketing document has to showcase what it is you want to do through the lens of what you've done in the past. So it's not, again, the laundry list of everything you've ever done. It's looking at it from the lens of saying, okay, I want to showcase what it is I want to do and can do in my next organization. I want to market it, right, to who it is I need to market it to. And here is what I want to showcase based on what I've done in the past. And the clients who have made that connection, the clients who have aligned with that, the clients who have really, really leaned in to their resume being that marketing document that showcases what it is they want to do, they are able to tell the story that is clean, that is concise, that people look at hiring managers and recruiters and say, yes, I can see how this person, right, how this resume, how this, you know, quote unquote product, right, is going to benefit us. And I kind of think about it um, in terms of uh, of sales, right? Like when I used to teach sales, we used to always talk about like you know, when you're selling your product, you want to sell, how is this product going to save someone time, money, energy, right? Like how is this product going to benefit them? And that's what your resume needs to do. It needs to showcase and say, hey, here's how I will bring value to you. By choosing me, by having an interview with me, by bringing me on board, whatever it is, here's the value that I bring to the table, not just a laundry list of everything I've done up until this point. And again, you think about a product, you're buying a new iPhone. We don't we don't ever look at the laundry list of, of all the iterations, of all the things that Apple had to go through to get us to this new iPhone 14, right? No, here's the iPhone 14. Here's what people are asking for. They want new pixels and a better camera, like, right? All of those things where you say, yep, that's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want. Press the purchase button. And so really thinking about your resume as just that, that marketing document says, here are the things that I want to do that align with what you're looking for and sticking to that. And so that shift has really, really, really helped my clients go from, you know, applying to... Even once they find their niche and they start applying to less roles, you know, applying to 20 roles and hearing back from two to applying to 20 roles and hearing back from 10, 
right? So you, you really see a huge, huge increase in the success rate of getting interviews when you start to look at your resume that way. So really think about that as you're going into 2023. Um, and again, whether you're currently looking for a new role or not, if you're starting to think about it and knowing that, hey, 2023 is like the year for me to start to explore what's next in my career, now's a great time to think about, okay, what is, what is it I actually want to do going forward? What do I like about what I have been doing? What would I want to you know give up and not do anymore? You know what gives me energy? What drains me? Uh, and really, those things that spark your interest, spark your joy, are again aligned with your niche. That's what you're you want to start thinking about. Okay, how do I want to showcase this as I move forward? How do I want to you know really kind of create this essence of who I am? through what I've done in the past and what it is I want to do in the future. So really, really think about that as you move into 2023, um, that that will, that will lead you so much success when you're able to do that. All right, so another tip, and this is something I talk a lot about with my clients, is really, really determine if you are running from your old job, or your old role, or towards a new one. And sometimes we can fall in the middle, but usually we don't. Um, and so what I mean by that is a lot a lot of times, you know, my, my clients who've been most successful is they have been able to say, here is what it looks like with me running from, right? And a lot of times that's more of like fear and uh, like maybe some toxicity that they're having to deal with. And that what happens is when we're, we're running from, it's really, really easy for us to almost have our blinders on and to jump into something quickly just to get us out of where we were. But what happens when we do that, right, is we kind of we kind of then fall into that perpetual cycle of like, well, we're running from, oh, that didn't work. I have to run from again. That didn't work. I have to run from again. And we kind of get stuck in that cycle. And so my clients who have been most successful this year have been able to shift their mindset from running from, uh, that happens a lot. That's usually where we start. I started this business at first running from my old job, right? So I had to I had to start and shift my mindset as well. Um, and I saw a lot of success since I was able to do that personally. So really thinking about, you know, are am I running from or, right? And so like basically kind of looking in the rear, always looking in the rear view mirror, always being still stuck and attached in some way, shape or form to that old role or that current role that you're in? Or am I running towards, right? Am I, you know, forgetting what's behind me, ripping off the rear view mirror, right? And running towards the the future and what that looks like for me, what the next right role is for me. And it's a challenge sometimes to be able to figure out where you fall in that. And sometimes, like I said, we do, we can get stuck in the middle. Where we're like, we're still peeking back there. We're like, okay, I took the rear view mirror off, but I didn't throw it out the window. So like, I can still kind of look back there. Uh, and so I, what I encourage you to do is as you think about 2023 and what that looks like is for your career, it is getting clear on what you're running from. And sometimes that's, the, that's a, a, a good way to start and say, okay, these are the things I don't like and things that I don't want to repeat, right? So it's important that we were able to go into our past and say that. But then getting a really clear picture on what it is that you do want to do, right? What does, you know, this, actually we were talking about this in Fast Track today and I was working working with one of my clients on, on her niche statement. And I asked her that question that I, I told you I asked before, like, you know, what does that look like for you as far as, you know, a, a day in and day out? You know, how are, how are you making that come to life? And she gave a really beautiful explanation that really helped me understand and we reworked her niche statement. Uh, but one of the things she asked me at the end was like, does this utopia exist? 
And when I read it, I was like, oh, this is just like a normal, good, well-run L&D department, right? And so I, and, but I love that she used that idea of like that utopia, right? And, and I don't want you all to put your, you know, your future role on a pedestal by any means, but thinking about, you know, what does that, you know, utopic role look like for me? And what would it look like to be running towards that? Who is the person who runs towards that versus the one who's just running away from from the past? And sometimes we do have to run away. So I do want to make that clear. I've had clients who, I call it playing the short game, right? Where you're just in such a toxic work environment or things are so bad where you are that you can't even imagine running towards that you're just kind of stuck and frozen in this place. And in that case, what I often do is I do encourage people to say, okay, if I can't stick it out, if I can't run towards, how do I get out of where I am now so I can be in that mindset to do that? And sometimes that means like actually leaving that that job and finding something, you know, contract or part-time. Um, or sometimes it's more of, hey, how do I protect my energy? Um, I don't really love the term quiet quitting, but some of my clients have to end up doing that to conserve their energy. Um, I personally, before that was even a, a trend, I quiet quit years ago uh, by protecting my energy uh, and making sure that I was you know, really, really putting into place, doing what it is I needed to do to get my job and to do my job and still do my job well, but to also conserve my energy. And so really, really thinking about if you are right now in the process of looking for a new role or thinking about it, I want you to ask yourself, am I running from or am I running towards? And if you're running from, I really want you to get clear on like, what would that utopia look like for you? And who's the person that runs, run, that who who is the person that runs towards that? Who, who is that person? What do they do? How do they act? How do they show up day in and day out? And how can you start to embody some more of that? All right. So the next tip um, when I think about my clients from this past year and what's really made them successful is the idea that creating a personal brand is no longer a non-negotiable. So everyone does need to be creating and working on their personal brand. Now, a lot of that comes from number one, which all these relate back to finding your niche. Uh, and so, you know, understanding what it is you want to do, how you want to do it, who you want to do it for, right? That makes it very easy actually to create a personal brand because you, you know why you're doing it, what it is you're doing, how you're doing it and who you're doing it for. That's the parts to actually that create a personal brand. Um, without knowing your niche, it's really, really hard to do that because at the at the end of the day, that's the, the core and then the ethos of, of who you are. But creating a personal brand while non-negotiable, there also is a scale. So I think a lot of people get really caught up with the idea and the term personal brand. And I think that means like I have to create a website and I have to be you know, a thought leader and I have to be posting on LinkedIn. And I have to be creating original content. I have to be, and that can be really, really, really freaking overwhelming. Um, I just had someone DM me the other day and was like, in order to get a job, do I have to post on LinkedIn? And I was like, absolutely not. Like you do not have to do anything that does not feel good to you in that sense, right? So when people say personal brand, I think a lot of times that's like the immediate place that they go to. But your personal brand could really just be optimizing your LinkedIn page so you can be found, right? So that way, if someone's searching for what you have to offer, right? If someone's looking for someone that has the niche that you have, right? That you're they're able to find you. So to me, that's that that's the bare minimum of creating a personal brand is that you can be found, especially on LinkedIn. That you. If someone, if a recruiter is looking for you, that you can be found. Now, yes, does that scale move and shift? And is there another end to it where, yes, you're creating your own content, your thought leadership piece and all of that? Yes. Does that help? Absolutely. Sure. 
I have a whole course on what to post on LinkedIn um, if you're looking to land your dream role. The course is not called, though, You Must Post on LinkedIn to Land Your Dream L&D Role. So you can absolutely do that and help build your personal brand and grow your personal brand, but it's it's not... That part's a, not a non-negotiable, right? That part's a negotiable. Uh, but what's a non-negotiable is just making sure that he, you can be found. And so everywhere, there's there's definitely a scale in between that too, where maybe you're, you know, resharing, uh, you know, content that you find. Maybe you are just commenting on other people's content, right? So that all helps to create your personal brand. But at a very, very, very bare minimum is just making sure that you can be found if someone is looking for someone like you. And that is all around creating, that, that's why creating that personal brand is so important. I've had so many clients, those who have posted on LinkedIn and those who have not, uh, but those who have, have made sure that their profile is optimized, have recruiters reach out to them, slide into their DMs, into their inbox, um, hiring managers. I had a cli- I have a client who started a new role uh, this year who uh, got the job because a hiring manager found her on on LinkedIn after searching for her profile. Um, I personally work with several different executive coaching clients and L&D leaders who have hired this year uh, and have found their people just by doing a LinkedIn search. So really, really important to make sure that you can at least be found. And when I think about my clients this past year, the ones who have been the most successful, who, who have been found, right? have made themselves available to be found. So creating a personal brand in 2023 is a non-negotiable, but it's also redefining what we mean by personal brand and at what level do you want to create your personal brand. Okay, along that same line, actually, my next tip uh, is to find what feels good to you. Because there is a lot of ways and this kind of these are going to tie into my next two tips as well. Um, but there are a lot of different ways to find a new career, and a lot of different ways to lean into different parts of it. And it's really important to, as you're going through, to say like, does this feel good to me? Now, there's also a difference between it not feeling good and it being fear coming up, right? So there's a difference between misalignment and fear. So I've had clients who have not wanted to, we'll use the LinkedIn thing, not wanted to post on LinkedIn because it didn't align with them and that was just, it did not feel good to them. But I've had clients who didn't want to do it out of fear, right? So that they actually wanted to, but they were too fearful to do it. And so the ones who want to but are too fearful, right? We work on that together. That's what what coaching is. That's the core of what coaching is for, right? But for my clients who are like, that does not align with me. I'm not interested in being a thought leader. I'm not interested in putting out original content. I don't have time to do that. And it's not something I'm, I'm interested in taking on. Great. Amazing. Don't do it then, right? So I think it's really, really important to, as you go through if you're saying, oh, this doesn't feel, this doesn't feel good or feel right, it's to pause and ask yourself, okay, is it out of, if, is it out of alignment or am I feeling this way because of fear? And if it's fear, then we say, okay, how do I now, how do I work through this and push through this and, you know, come out on the other side of whatever this, this thing is. But if it's misalignment, it's really important to ask yourself like, well, why am I doing this then? Who, who's telling me that I have to do this? Because I'm going to, spoiler alert for number nine, like there really is no one right way to find a new career. Everyone will say, oh, got to network. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. There is no one right way. And that's what I teach inside of Fast Track is 
how do we take your skills, your interests, your values, right? We look at your niche, how you look at your time frame, the time frame that you have to land, to land a new role, you know, how the types of roles that you want to apply for. How do we look at all of these things holistically and find a path that works for you? It starts with doing what feels good to you. Because the more that you can do things that feel good to you, the more it's going to be successful. I think to um a couple of clients I had this year at right around the same time in, in my old group coaching program before I transitioned into into having a fast track. And it was so interesting because they were all in this kind of similar place as far as where they were in the interview process and they were all kind of getting multiple hits at the same time, like on their resumes and getting interview requests. And so it was really, really cool to see it. And what was interesting is that they were leveraging two totally different parts of the process. So one client, she was really, really, for her, networking felt really good. And leveraging her past relationships felt really, really good to her and really comfortable. And she loved that space. And so while, yes, she was, you know, her profile was optimized. And yes, she was applying to jobs, you know, with her her resume, right? Those are kind of non-negotiables as well. But she really, really leaned in to the networking side because it felt really, really good to her. Now, at the same time, another client who was equally as successful, who didn't really align with the the networking piece and meeting people one-on-one, and she had her own personal things she was working through as far as like moving and housing, and like there were so many things happening that like that wasn't on her radar and that wasn't something that she could could or wanted to take on. And so for her, she really focused on that piece we talked about earlier around that resume, making it that document that showcases what it is she wants to do. And she really leaned hard into making sure she was applying to roles that were aligned with what it is she wanted to do in her next job and sticking to that North Star route. And she was seeing a lot of success. So it was it's really interesting to see that it leaning into what felt good for them is actually what led them to be successful and for them to both get brand new, incredible roles, um, at you know, dream roles for them. And so I really want you to think about as you're going through your own career transition process, you know, what what is it that feels good to you? And that brings me to my next tip, which is trying to be like everyone else and do what everyone else is doing will slow you down. And I saw that happen for, I've seen that happen firsthand over the last couple of years with my clients when, when like things start to feel a little hard, right? Like it, it's kind of going back to that carbon copy mode of like, well, so-and-so over here is doing this and they were successful and so-and-so over there did that and they were successful. And it's remembering that like the more you try to be like everyone, the more you're, you're not being yourself. And the reality is that the, the clients of mine who are the most successful are the ones that lean into their authenticity. We've been doing a lot of chatting inside of my fast track group around your secret sauce and what that looks like and why, and why it's so important to lean into that and lean into that authenticity because that's ultimately what sets you apart. That's ultimately what actually speeds up the process for you. But the more you're trying to be like everyone else out there, the slower the process is going to be because you're moving further and further away from the, the authenticity of, of who you are. And the more that you do that, the harder it is to lean into the process because it doesn't even feel like you anymore. And so that energy starts to come out, like that dreadful energy, that resistant energy, right? All of those things come out when you're trying to be like everyone else versus focusing on what makes you unique. What are what are your skills? What is your secret sauce? What is your niche? I've never, I've had 
over 200 clients in the last two years. I've never had one person have the same exact niche ever, 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 ever. And I don't think I ever will because it's so unique to who they are, what they bring to the table, who they do it for, why they do it, right? There's so, there's so much depth to it. And so you are unique. Your niche is unique, which means that your strategy and your process needs to be unique to you. And that's, again, one of the things that I talk about inside of Fast Track and that I coach on is really, really leaning in to that authenticity piece. And how do we now bring that in, not only to your resume, not only to the job and your interviews, right? But into the actual formation of the process of finding a new job. So really, really thinking about that, you know, my I would say a huge takeaway from this, other than finding your niche, because, you know, I will always say that's number one, number one, number one, uh, is you know, trying to be like everyone else and doing what they're doing is ultimately what will slow you down and make you way less successful. And, you know, along that same lines too, you know, someone asked me this a while ago in regards to like how I feel about all these people who, you know, are now kind of popping up and helping people transition into learning and development jobs. And, you know, I, I have a very, very, very abundant mindset. So for me, it's never a, a, a competition thing or anything like that. But what I do encourage you to do is to think about, you know, the people you are taking advice from. Are, is this something that they have true mastery over or something that they've just accomplished themselves? And neither are, I don't want to say, like, neither are bad, right? Like, or neither, one's not necessarily better than the other, but you have to think about it in terms of if you are just taking advice from someone who, who, They've done this once themselves and they are sharing their journey. That is their journey, right? That is their secret sauce. That is their skills, their interests, their values, right? Their why. And so getting really clear on who you're taking advice from and who you're, who you're emulating, if you are emulating, is someone who has mastery and who has done this multiple times, right, for multiple people in multiple different ways, shapes, and forms versus trying to follow someone else's path. So I really want you to think about that. And that's when I think back to my clients who've been most successful to them, they really stop trying to be like everyone else out there and really, really embrace their authenticity. And they really found the, the, path that aligned with who they truly are. And so I really, really want you to think about that. And, and that brings me you know, to, to number nine, which is there really is no one right, right way to find a new career. So if someone's telling you, hey, follow these steps, do these things, and you will find a new career, I don't like to listen to those people because there's so many different ways to find a new career, right? Are there, are there basics? Sure, absolutely. But there's so many nuances to finding a new career, especially in learning and development, right? There's so, the beautiful thing, which is also the scary thing, it's like almost a double-edged sword, is there's so many opportunities. I just looked again today, there's still over. I'm like clutching my face right now and rubbing my eyes because there's over one million L&D and L&D adjacent and tangential roles out there right now. And so you cannot apply. You are different. The roles are different. The companies are different. The values are different, right? Like there's so many nuances that there is no one right way to find a new career. So I really, really encourage you. You know, when I think about, when I think about my clients from this year, the ones who have embraced the fluidity in the process, the ones who've really thought about, okay, 
what does this look like for me? What feels good to me? Where am I trying to lean in to be like everyone else? And why doesn't that feel good, right? The more fluidity, and it's interesting. I actually, I, I drew this image for my clients the other day. I'm probably gonna do a LinkedIn post or Instagram post or both about this, but about really, and try to visualize with, with me, my friends, uh, really like this process being like this figure eight, but this figure eight that's like continuously figure eighting up, right? So like you're kind of drawing the figure eight and then it's moving up, but you're still drawing the figure eight. So you're you're looping back and you're iterating and you're iterating and you're iterating until you just shoot out of the top of the figure eight um, and into your your beautiful new career, um, only to start the figure eight again, right? Um, but it's remembering that like there's no one right way and that this is an iterative process. And as you move along in the process, you're gonna gather more data. You're gonna get more information. Uh, that's some of the most fun part for me to watch is like as my clients move through the process when they're like oh shoot like I just talked to this person and it gave me this aha moment that I really want to incorporate a piece of, of what we talked about into my niche statement awesome and it's like they get excited to go back and iterate versus feeling like oh now I'm back to step one like there's no step one there's no step five right it really really that's why I never teach like things in steps um, other than finding your niche do that first um, but really it's such an iterative process and there's no one right right way to find a new career and my clients who have been the most successful this year have really leaned in to the the iterativeness I don't know if that's a word but we can call it one have really leaned into that iteration and the iterative process of finding that career of finding their new role of finding what the right role at the right company looks like for them so i really want you to take that take that in uh, and let that sit about just knowing there is no one right way to find a new career, which is beautiful because it allows you then, going back to the last two, right? It allows you to find and do what feels good to you. It allows you to stop trying to be like everyone else and doing what they're doing, right? It really, really allows you to lean into who you are. All right, so the last tip that I have, and I've actually been saying this for, for years and I really, really stand by it, is that you can do this alone, that there's so many, re especially now, my goodness, there are so many resources out there to help you find a new learning and development role or learning and development tangential role. There's so many different opportunities out there um, to, to do this and to do it alone and to, to gather all the information you need. But if you do want to go farther, faster, find a positive, and I have that capitalized on my notes I'm looking at right now, a positive community to do it with. First, I had community, and then I, I was like, no, not, it can't just be any community. It has to be a positive one. Now, there's definitely a line between positivity and toxic positivity. I totally understand that. But it's really important that when you look for help, whether that is through a coaching program, whether that is through a community on LinkedIn, whether that is through a chapter of AT, whatever it looks like, making sure that it's a positive environment to do that, where it's not just going to be an echo chamber of what's wrong, what's not working for people. One of the things I focus a lot on in Fast Track is yes, there, there are times where things suck. Like I will never tell my clients that this is gonna be rainbows and butterflies all day long. However, we focus on celebrating, we focus on goal setting every week, and we focus on amplifying what is working and troubleshooting what's not, but amplifying what is working. And so you wanna make sure that as you are looking for a community to join, a group to join, someone to help you, right? That they are going to be helping you move farther faster by creating a positive and amplified community and environment to do that with. 
just remember, you don't have to do this alone. Uh, you are more than welcome to come join us inside of Fast Track. Like I mentioned, there's three different options now um, for you to join us. The first option is for you to get access to all the content, all of the strategy, uh, and a monthly Q&A with me. The second option is for you to get all of that mentioned, as well as a group Voxer chat. Um, it's our text chat that we text each other and I voice note with you all um, every single day. And then there's an option to have uh, all of that plus VIP days and one-on-one -on -one time with me too. So just know that there's lots of different options inside of my world to help you. And then there's lots of different options out there just in general too, um, as far as positive communities. But it's just making sure that, you know, you can do it alone, but if you wanna go farther faster, find a positive community to do it with. One that will lift you up, one that will support you, one that will hold you and cherish you and move you forward versus keeping you in an echo chamber um, of doing it. A, a, an echo chamber, yeah, a, a echo chamber of negativity that will that will keep you down. Uh, so just keep that in mind. So I hope these tips really resonated with you. I'll go through them again really quickly. Tip number one, course, one and only, even if you end the podcast after that, uh, is to find your niche. Make sure you know what the intersection of your skills, your interests, your values look like, what you want to do, how you want to do it, and who you want to do it for. Uh, tip number two, know your value and be okay with walking away. Tip number three, networking always pays off. We just don't know when. Uh, tip number four, your resume is a marketing document that showcases what it is you want to do through the lens of what you've done in the past. Tip number five, make sure to, to determine if you're running from or running towards. Um, figure out what that utopia is and who that best version of you is that is running towards that. Uh, tip number six, creating a personal brand is a non-negotiable, although there's a scale of what a personal brand is. Tip number seven, find what feels good to you. Tip number eight, trying to be like everyone else and doing what everyone else is doing will actually slow you down. Tip number nine, there is no one right way to find a new career. And if someone tells you that, run, run, run. And tip number 10, you can do this alone. But if you want to go farther, faster, make sure to find a positive community to do it with. And again, we'd love to have you inside of Fast Track. We have the most kick-ass people who are inside of there. It's wild and amazes me every single day of the incredible people who have come together. Um, I get teary thinking about it. So much gratitude for all my clients and all my fast trackers um, and for all of you future fast trackers coming in too. So I wish you the happiest of happiest of happiest New Year's. I cannot wait what to see what's in store for you in 2023. I can't wait to share what's in store for the overnight trainer in 2023. We are going to go on our third year of business, which is so wild um, and so excited. And again, I have so much gratitude for all of you for listening in. Uh, this podcast has been, been such an amazing forum for me to get to know you more. I love hearing from you all too. So uh, this year, just hearing your, getting your messages and your emails and your DMs around uh, different episodes that have resonated with you and your takeaways. Uh, please know my inbox is always open for those. I love to hear from you. Uh, we've even cracked the top 200 of Apple career podcasts, which is like out of like hundreds of thousands of podcasts. So I'm just so appreciative for you and for you being here and for this beautiful, beautiful community that you are a part of, uh, that you have helped to create and helped to grow. And I'm wishing you the most amazing, successful, incredible, wonderful new year, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If it resonated with you in any way, please let me know by subscribing, liking, and leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you on how you're using these tools, as well as what you want to hear more of. 
So connect with me on LinkedIn at Sarah Canistra, send me a DM or email me at hello at theovernighttrainer.com. I can't wait to hear from you. And until next week, stay learning.